What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You're listening to the Jacob Media Sports Network in partnership with AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Subscribe to the Jacob Media channel on YouTube for access to all daily sports content. Ah, yes, sir. Welcome back, everyone, to The Fix. We're live in the Prop Swap Studios, AM 1490. Sports Betting Radio recapping NFL Divisional Round Madness co-founder of PropSwap, Luke Pergandy, hanging out with us as well. And our NFL Eagles insider, John McMullen, will be joining the conversation now as well. So we have plenty to discuss. We got John's predictions, um, his thoughts on all of the games this weekend. So John, uh, John did pretty well. Not a surprise there. But let's get John into the conversation now. Follow John on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, si.com, and host of Extending the Play every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. John, how you doing tonight, sir? Good. How are you doing, Ryan? John, you with us? Yeah, I got you. You hear me? I do hear you, yep. Um, so how you doing, man? What's your th- initial thoughts on NFL divisional round? Uh, too mucked up in Josh McDaniels, but I, I would say uh, I've, I've been telling you guys for weeks that the Saints were going to lose in the divisional round. That didn't, uh, that didn't surprise me at all. Uh, Green Bay dominating uh, didn't surprise me. I guess uh, the biggest surprise to me would have been Baltimore. I did think they would play a, a little bit better. I thought that was a toss-up game and, you know, a difficult environment. Anytime you see Tucker miss two field goals, it tells you something's going on. And it was weird because they were talking about the wind and they're saying it's eight, nine miles an hour. And the, <laughs> you see the flags at the top of the stadium and they're just sticking out straight. Something was weird going on with that wind. Uh, but both teams had to play in it, and obviously uh, Buffalo was able to get it done. And 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 then you look at Kansas City uh, being able to persevere without Patrick Mahomes. But that was that was uh, shaping up to be a, a, a hard thumper, and and they deserve credit for for getting through it. So everyone's talking. I mean, not everyone, not literally everyone, but. The Andy Reid decisions late in that game, and I absolutely love them. And you can tell who the Chiefs minus 10 backers were today because some of the narrative around Andy Reid, um, I thought it was just brilliant, spectacular, gutsy, but not a ridiculous gutsy, like tactical and creative. Um, And I would say Andy Reid won them that game. Of course, the players have to go out and execute and make some plays. They certainly did. But... Your thoughts overall on how Andy Reid approached that game, particularly with those decisions late in the fourth quarter? 
Well, I, obviously, anybody who knows me knows how much respect I have for Andy Reid as a coach. I, I think he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. This is the only city that it, that is not recognized in, and by that I mean Philadelphia, um, the Delaware Valley, which is so bizarre. I, I can't even begin to explain it. Um, uh, uh, on the other hand, I, I do think there is, you know, and that's one thing about evolution. Coaches evolve as well. Um, and I often talk about Andy. It's ironic. He's 62 years old. He's the most innovative coach in football. Um, uh, he's the smartest coach when it comes to scheming. So, you know, everybody talks about the latest young guy flavor of the month. Andy Reid out schemes them all. And he's also learned, and I think a lot of it is, I, I, part of it is Patrick Mahomes, who obviously is a, a phenomenal player. And, you know, you can feel comfortable going fourth and one with him, but to do it with Chad Henney in that spot, that takes guts. That takes guts. Doug might call him fearless. <laughs> maybe at one point Doug would, but maybe not, not, maybe not anymore. Um, I, I want your input here on the Mahomes concussion. So Luke and I were talking a little bit about this off-air before we even started the show. Like, what's what's the protocol? You know, Luke said, listen, I don't even know if Mahomes is going to be able to give it a go based off of the concussion and what we saw. What's the protocol? Um, you know, what's the likelihood he, he does play versus not playing, and, and should he play? Yeah, I expect him to play. I, I, I mean, um from from word I'm getting, he doesn't even have a concussion. It's more of a nerve issue, um, and, and uh, obviously um, to get through the concussion. Remember, uh, I don't think people understand, and, and coaches aren't allowed to talk about it by uh, league rule when it is concussions. All they can say is the guy's in the protocol. Um, for whatever reason, that that's what the NFL has sort of uh, – as far as uh, concussions go. In this instance, uh, it was more of a nerve thing uh, than a concussion, uh, and that means he'll be able to get through the protocol pretty quickly. Uh, but the point the point I'm trying to say is the independent spotters who see him woozy, uh, they're going to pull him out of the game assuming concussion. Then you automatically go into that protocol and then he got to pass it and go through all the, the, the rigmarole. But uh, he doesn't have a, a vast history of concussions, so even if it was a concussion, there would be a pretty good chance he would get through it. Uh, it's generally uh, repetitive concussions often in the same season. You start to have a question. Uh, but, yeah, I expect him to get through it and play. Now, you know, the question then shifts to the toe and the nerve issue because that could affect him as well. Uh, he might not be 100%. He's probably not going to be 100%, but I do expect him to play. So if if it's a nerve issue, like, I mean, he was, he was 100% limp, right? Like his body after that hit, he was 100% limp. So I guess... My question is, all right, if it's not a concussion and it is a nerve situation, like what's I've never seen Mahomes have an injury like that in his, you know, what's he in his fourth year now? Um, 
I just haven't seen him have that injury before. So all of a sudden he's going to be showing symptoms for this injury. And then seven days later, he's going to have zero symptoms. Well, again, I mean, from a concussion standpoint, again, if he doesn't have a concussion, getting through the protocol is not going to be an issue because that's going to be cognitive testing. That's going to be brain testing. And if it is that nerve injury, as as, um, many of us have been told, that's not going to have an effect. Uh, on that part of the process, again, that you know, other injuries are other injuries. They're real too. <clears throat> so it's not to say he's not going to be affected. It's just um, from the standpoint of getting through the protocol, I don't think that part of it mm-hmm. is, is going to be a problem because it, ultimately it's not about a concussion. It's about something else. At least that's what we're being led to believe. Now, I don't see any reason why they'd be lying to us. Um, there's no good that could come of it. So I do believe that it is a, a nerve injury. And people, yeah, I mean, it's just like a stinger. If it's never happened to you before, it doesn't mean it can't happen to you. Uh, and, and then, you know, people that get stingers or, or injuries of that ilk uh, can be more susceptible to get them again. So by no means am I trying to say it's not an issue. Uh, it's an issue, but I don't think the protocol part of it is going to be an issue. Right. Interesting. Yeah, it's um, obviously the story right now, I would say, from the weekend and how it's impacting championship weekend. So we'll stay updated on the Mahomes injury and how it could impact our bets and just the overall um, you know, potential impact from that game individually. Just real quick, John, your thoughts on the Packers and the Bucks. We can just tie both those teams in. How they look to you this weekend and your initial thoughts on that matchup. We'll, of course, talk more about it as the week goes on, but Packers at home now with Brady coming into town. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it, it, the Bucks deserve a ton of credit, and Tom Brady's just amazing at 43 years old. I mean, 14 championship games, 13 in the AFC. <laughs> Nuts. Now he's one for one uh, in the NFC. And that basically doubles up every other quarterback in the history of the game. It's just everything he does is a record. Everything he does is astonishing. Um, and that said, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, is the best quarterback in football right now. Uh, it's in Green Bay. Um, obviously, they, they had fans. And you can see the difference. They had about 10,000 fans. Uh, even that was a significant difference. You talk about uh, the weather there. It's you know very early in the week, but there's supposed to be snow. It's going to be cold, not terribly cold for Green Bay. That helps them. And then, you know, let's be honest. I mean, the Super Bowl's in Tampa. So what does that mean? Tampa's not going to be in Tampa. Never happens. Didn't happen a couple of years ago when the Vikings came here. Everybody thought the Vikings were ready to beat the Eagles. Uh, the Super Bowl was in Minneapolis. Didn't happen. Uh, the odds are against it. Yeah. Uh, and more so, uh, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers, though. I, <laughs> I don't think anybody's beating Aaron Rodgers right now. Playing at such a high level. And think about, you know, the Rams. That was the best defense in football. And yep. they just shredded them. Hmm. shredded them. And they missed, by the way, 
three big plays. Mm-hmm. Could have been so much worse. Yeah, and drops. I think they ended up with 482 yards, maybe, yep. and, and obviously over 30 points. And it could have been over 40 and over close to 600 if they just hit plays that were there. They're they're just on another level right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um it's frightening. And I said this, and you've been saying this, John. Like just Aaron Rodgers is on a mission, and and uh, how good that offense looks. So. Uh, plenty of storylines here for championship weekend. We're talking with our NFL insider, John McMullen. Follow him on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com and si.com. And be sure to subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel, J-A-K-I-B Media, for all of our conversations. John, let's uh, switch gears here to the Eagles. As you've mentioned, you have um, you know Josh McDaniels on the brain, I think you said, amongst others. Uh, so... Where are we in this search? Is McDaniel's the actual front runner right now for the Eagles job? Yeah, he's not only the front runner. I expect him to be the head coach of this team by yeah, probably Wednesday morning. I would I would assume. Wow. Uh, yeah, he's going to be the next head coach of this football team, and I'm astonished by that. Wow. Uh, when we started this thing, um, I wouldn't have brought up that name in a million years. Uh, and here we are, uh, and uh, I don't love it. <laughs> I don't think it's pretty amazing from Josh's perspective. I mean, it's you talk about pre-Indianapolis Colts, Josh McDaniel. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have even considered this job, uh, and he took such a, such hits for. Um, what basically was unprofessional behavior. I went back between 2015 and 2018 when he took the Colts job. He had a, 11 different interviews. I mean, he was he was the guy. He had he had re- rehabilitated himself from uh, the Denver debacle when he when he got a job way too young at I think he was 32. Uh, it was a disaster there. Um, he got back with Belichick, rehabilitated his image, and he was the guy who could turn down jobs and wait for the perfect job and wait for the perfect situation because he knew everybody wanted to talk to him. And then he took the Colts job and he and he did a 180 and left him at the altar. Uh, it was so unprofessional. His agent Bob Lamont dropped him, dropped him uh, for doing that. Um, and he hasn't gotten an interview since. This is his first interview since he did that wow. to be a head coach, and he's going to get this job. What? And it, it is crazy to me <sighs> after what the Eagles have been through, uh, and they're going to bring in this guy with that kind of baggage. But that's where we are. I'm shocked. I mean, I'm not shocked because I've been on record really – all year long, all season long, that my trust for this organization has dwindled down to almost nothing. Um, And maybe I'm missing something. You know, maybe I'm missing something here as far as Josh McDaniels, and maybe this time around he'll be different. But um, I don't know, man. I I just... Well, the only positive I could spin about it, I think he now understands, like, this is it. I I mean, this is his only opportunity. Um, And nobody was going to interview him. 
Um, and this might be his last opportunity to be a head coach in this league and going to have to take it and going to have to try to swim with it. And he is a good uh, schematic coach. He is a, a really bright guy when it comes to offensive football. The issues with him are all the ancillary stuff. Is he a leader? Can he get along with people? It, it, it really is some of the same which makes you question Jeffrey Lurie more than anything. Some of the same stuff you heard with Chip Kelly. Um, but uh, uh, that's from the personality standpoint. From from the schematic standpoint, he's not Chip Kelly. He's really good. I mean, it, especially when you talk about slot receivers and, and dominating, that's what he's known for, dominating the, the, the middle of the field. Uh, if you go back to Wes Welker, uh, Julian Edelman, obviously, Rob Gronkowski, uh, Aaron Hernandez before he went off the rails uh, from a personal standpoint. I mean, these were dominant players, and he sort of built an offense um, that is rare. That is, you know, you don't see it very often. When you, when you think about dominant offenses like Kansas City or uh, explosive offenses like Green Bay. You think about, you know, Rodgers killing just this week. Uh, you know, the Rams would play action down the field to Alan Lazard. That's what you think about Tyreek Hill. Uh, you think about the explosion. And, and he created sort of a different offense. Um, you know, part of it was due to Tom Brady's limitations as an aging quarterback. So he deserves credit for that. But Boy, the other stuff is bad, and I mean really bad, to the point where, I mean, and this is before Josh was ever mentioned with Philadelphia Eagles ever got an interview. I said, the two worst coaches I've ever seen in this league are Josh McDaniels and Adam Gase, and Josh was worse than Adam Gase. Now, he was 32 at the time. Yeah. It was over a decade ago. Maybe he learned from it, but, boy, Just- this is – Crazy. Yeah, I mean, completely agree with everything you've said, John. Um, give give us one because yeah, I didn't follow the Josh McDaniels Broncos saga that closely. Just one example that you could provide that just makes you say that. Like, what what didn't you like of what he was doing in Denver? I, I'm sorry, I had difficulty hearing you. Didn't like about what? Yeah, just one example of you know, just what didn't you like about Josh's time in Denver? Like what? What maybe what decision maybe stood out the most, or just in Denver? Oh, there were well. Number one, it started with his relationship with Jay Cutler, uh, who was a, a really talented quarterback, and I, I think Josh started out um, six and zero, maybe five or six and zero as a first year head coach, and so it was really good early, and he didn't get along with his quarterback. He just hated him. Yeah, and I mean, Jay's a bad Jay human. But, now, yeah. And people will criticize Jay Cutler. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but, know. you know, <laughs> Jay played a lot of years in Chicago, and a lot of, because of his talent, he had t- tremendous arm talent. Totally agree with that. And, you know, a lot of people think he was an underachiever. Uh, but he, my point is he had a ton of talent. And he will say to this day he never trusted Josh McDaniels. Uh, it became so bad, their relationship, they had to trade him. Uh, the misevaluation of Tim Tebow is a big part of it. 
uh, tried to push that down people's throats. Uh, unbelievable that was a first-round pick in this league. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was also a cheating scandal, which is ironic yeah. uh, because of Bill Belichick and um, the Patriots. But uh, those are those were the major things uh, that that happened in Denver. The biggest one would would definitely be uh, Cutler, though, because things were were humming along, uh, things were going great, and you, you know you think about some of the sour relationships. You don't have to look far with the Eagles and Carson Wentz. Usually, when you have a sour relationship, because things aren't going well, and that's what. It, what was so similar uh, between uh, Josh McDaniels and Adam Gase is their inability to get along with people. And that's also what kind of doomed Chip Kelly in the end. Uh, if you can't get along with people, you can't be a head coach in the NFL. Hopefully he's matured. But that Indianapolis part of it indicates he hasn't matured. Right. I just don't get it like john you've talked about this a lot uh the the ceo importance of being a head coach it's not congrats you're really knowledgeable at play calling and you're you're innovative and you you you're great in dialing up offensive schemes and and yada 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 but that's not the job that's not the job then josh mcdaniel should be the next offensive coordinator like that's I just don't understand how you can look at him and say that's the leader of the Philadelphia Eagles organization. It's just, it's a, it's appalling, and I don't think I'm being dramatic. Yeah, it wouldn't be my first choice. Uh-huh. I, I, w- I would say that even in a situation like this, where let's be honest, the, the hot candidates at this particular time, um, you know, Robert Sala, Arthur Smith, guys like that, they had no interest in this job because of what what was going on, and they had options. I've been telling you this from the start, Ryan. And, you know, Brian Dayball, even though a lot of people expected him uh, to get the Chargers done, Chargers went in a different direction, hired Brandon Staley, and, you know, the Eagles wanted to talk to Dayball, and he just he just flat out said, no, I don't, I'm not hmm. interested. And think about that. I mean, we, we you know, Buffalo is – a great story, but that organization has been down for years. And you think about the Eagles' reputation until this season, and now you got a guy saying, "No, nope, thanks, I'll stay in Buffalo," and go so become head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. That's where we are, and this ain't going to help things, I don't think. And hey, maybe Josh. Uh, proves me wrong. I hope he does prove me wrong. Yeah. I, I never root for people to fail. But I, I mean, I, I do think you're 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 kind of ignoring things if you don't bring up his history, and you know you're kind of ignoring things if you don't look at Jeffrey Lurie's history and the fact that he is from Boston. He loves the Patriots. He tried to buy the Patriots mm-hmm. before he bought the Eagles. Good point. Uh, He's always been enamored uh, with how that organization does business. And, you know, even looking back on it, when he had his Doug Peterson press conference, out of nowhere, he said um, he was talking about uh, losing Frank Reich uh, because Josh turned out. And he used the term Josh. He used hmm. his first name. 
And now I'm Interesting. back and saying, gee, is this guy in love with Josh McDaniels? I think it might come down to that. Yeah. I mean, we've seen him make decisions based off his infatuation with players, coaching staff members, um, and how that has clouded his judgment. This could be the ultimate example of that, um, given any potential personal history between the two. How are we assessing them then? Let's say this announcement comes out Wednesday, breaking news. Josh McDaniels is the Philadelphia Eagles' next head coach. Without interviewing candidate X, Y, and Z, I mean, just the perception of that alone, John. But once again, it doesn't seem like Jeffrey Lurie or the organization even even cares. Well, it's interesting you bring that up, Ryan, because one thing I heard, and I, I, I had thought that, that Mike Kafka was going to be a, a target for this team, and I was hardly the only one. Turns out they didn't request an interview. Um, and I, I was told they were concerned about the optics of, of another Andy Reid coach. Now think about that. At this particular time, the guy's in the third straight AFC championship game. You're concerned about the optics hmm. of somebody who learned under Andy Reid? And, and, and by the way, and I put this on Twitter today, today was Martin Luther King Day. I was legitimately concerned, legitimately concerned they were going to name Josh McDaniels the head coach today. Hmm. That's how tone deaf wow. I think this organization is right now. And by the way, I still think they're going to get hit. Eric Bieniemy's agent, I don't know if you guys saw it, put out a tweet today saying the Eagles were going to hire Josh McDaniels, by the way. Wow. Um, and without interviewing Eric Bieniemy, And they were very upset, as a lot of the league is upset that minority candidates, and, and specifically Bieniemy, can't seem to get a job in this league. There's two African-American coaches right now. On and on and on. I was concerned. This team's concerned about the optics uh, of an Andy Reid coach, but they're not concerned about the optics of that. And that's not even to bring up the optics about Josh McDaniels himself that I just told you mm-hmm. guys. This organization is broken right now. I mean, this just is the nail in the coffin of deciding whether this organization is broken or not. So, all right, I mean, John, you seem... Just to wrap things up here, we're talking with our NFL Eagles insider, John McMullen. Follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen. He writes for Sports Illustrated, SI.com. He writes for Philly Voice at phillyvoice.com. And he hosts his own show here on 1490, extending the play every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Um, you seem rather confident, John. This is this is all but official to you here, and, and Wednesday seems to be the day. Yeah, I was told by Wednesday morning, could be tomorrow, by uh, uh, a very uh, good source. Now, I I don't have that second source, I'll be honest. I'm always honest. Uh, So you do, uh, and that's why I'm not going to report it. I'm not going to write it until it gets second source. But uh, I'm very confident that Josh McDaniels is going to be the head coach of this team this week. Um, And like I always say, Ryan, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm on the radio every day. You can take your shots at me. <laughs> You're not wrong often, John, but the Twitter trolls are sitting in the corner doing push-ups waiting for you to be wrong. Um, <laughs> so when that one out of 100 times comes, they are certainly 
ready for you, my friend. Um, <laughs> all right, so we'll talk more about this tomorrow, um, but that's certainly the headline. Is um, It's likely that Josh McDaniels becomes the head coach. Not official, but uh, that seems to be the the uh, report right now. Um, John, we have about a minute or two. Any quick thoughts on the Sixers or Flyers? <laughs> uh, not a hockey guy, so you're never going to get that Flyers talk oh. from me. Uh, That's not fine. that there's we, anything wrong with the Flyers, but we uh, you know that, me John. and the Sixers, I, I, I'm still dis- <laughs> it, It's interesting because I'm, I was trying to figure out uh, whether Daryl um, Morey was really trying to trade for uh, James Harden. It looks like he was. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how they repair uh, those relationships, most notably uh, Ben Simmons. I don't care about role players like Sixers Twitter does. <laughs> um, uh, but And by the way, I'm, I'm happy if that's the case because that means, uh, and I always thought Daryl knows what he's doing. That confirms he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, that's totally. right. <laughs> yep. totally. Sixers... Um... Sixers are looking up, I think, for the most part, outside of some of the standard issues. Uh, but of course, outside the, of COVID nineteen, yeah, mm-hmm. seriously, um, the impact are there in the NBA. That's that's a whole nother conversation. But uh, John, I appreciate it as always. Like I've said, be sure to follow John at JF McMullen. He joins me every night live in the Prop Swap Studios at ten thirty to talk all things Eagles and the latest news and notes in the National Football League. John, I appreciate it. We'll do it again tomorrow. All right. Thanks, guys. Yep. Thanks, John. Thank you. There he is. Man, dropping um, dropping somewhat of a bomb on us, Luke. <laughs> somewhat? <laughs> yeah, a massive bomb. And, dude, listen, I've been talking with John, whether it's this platform or other platforms, for almost four years. The guy does not come out and say stuff like that. Oh, well, I, just, I just pulled the suite up from the enemy's agent. I mean, he's literally saying... The, the Eagles are hiring JM. Okay. Um, Josh McDaniels. On, so I'll read the tweet. On okay. MLK Day, the NFL should be ashamed that at this point, with only two jobs remaining, one after the Eagles hired JM, wow. zero black coach hires or even second interviews. Wow. No coaches coaching in the conference championship games are currently connected to either of these two jobs. Wow. That's... um. That's the so, news. I was going to ask Ken, do you know who the Eagles also interviewed for this? Uh, I have that list. I can pull it up. we got to get to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about John dropping this bomb on us. Josh McDaniels seems to be lined up for the next head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.